Uh, we celebrate this morning that uh, welcome Jesus received in Jerusalem. And we also know that that was only the beginning of the end of the story. So I continue with the scripture lesson from John this morning, reading from John chapter 12, verses 20 through 26. The last verse you heard from Jason in the call to worship was this. The Pharisees then said to one another, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, we come this morning to hear your word. To find ourselves again taken into this holy story of this week. Open us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, open us to our continued walk with you as we draw closer to the cross and closer to the resurrection. Amen. One day early in 2003, our son Dan came home from basketball practice with big news. One of the players on his team were going to Akron, Ohio the next day to see St. Vincent St. Mary's High School basketball, to see a basketball game. The player to watch, 6'9 forward high school senior LeBron James, who had been dubbed the Chosen by Sports Illustrated the earlier, the previous season. Later in that same week, as Dan's ninth grade team warmed up for their game, a group of us parents, well, admittedly, a group of fathers and me, <laughs> gathered around the dad who had taken his son to the game. You know, it's so funny, I can so distinctly remember being in the Meadville High School gym, and we were gathered around him. So Lou, What'd you think? It's not just hype, he said. He's the real deal. <laughs> we had been to see him, and he's who they said he is. I mean, there was this, uh, and there has been always this aura of um, religiosity around this idea of one being chosen. The chosen one, we want to see the one who is chosen. This line in scripture this morning reminded me of that story. Sir, we want to see Jesus. 
I can kind of envision them leaning forward, right, in that, in that same way, that attentive listening. These Greeks, these Gentiles, non-Jews, like us gathered here this morning, um, would have been known as uh, God-fearing people who came to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, even though they were not Jews. Outsiders who came inside. And they came asking this disciple Philip to see Jesus. To see Jesus. Certainly they came because they had heard of him, right? And it is quite possible that they had already seen him. Maybe they were even in that parade that we've heard about this morning already. They had seen Jesus from afar. But this seeing Jesus now, I want us to think about that word in a different way. What if when you ask, I want to see the manager. Right? It doesn't just mean you want to look at him or her. I want to see the doctor. Maybe that's its home. Can I, can I see the doctor? It means you want to have an encounter with them, him or her. You want to talk to, hear from, be examined by. And so Philip tells Andrew, and together Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And what we heard was this, Jesus answered them. Certainly it meant Philip and Andrew, but I do believe the Greeks. This was his response to them as well. What Jesus says makes me catch my breath. Jesus says, this is the hour. This is the hour. There will be glory, but not without suffering and not without death. And not without you making a choice. Hmm. What are we to make of these words? Jesus' words about loving and hating life. Does he really mean hate like we think of that? Is that what he's talking about? I don't think so. But again, he's emphasizing a choice here. And there might be some context to this story about what we call Palm Sunday that would help us understand what the choice was for those people then and for us now. I have to confess, I in 27 years of ministry and four of seminary, I had never heard this, this historical fact that for me has helped break open this story. It was known that a Roman imperial procession entered Jerusalem for Passover from the other side of that city on that very day because it happened every year. The Roman governor of Judea, whose residence was in the city of Caesarea on the coast, rode up to Jerusalem to be present in the city in case there were riots at Passover, a festival that could become very politically volatile. With this uh, governor came soldiers and a cavalry to reinforce the imperial power in Jerusalem, right? So many images might come to our mind. It's clear that what Pilate's procession was about was about the power of the empire and the power to control and to intimidate. We know something about that. But what about Jesus' procession then? What about his entry into Jerusalem? Well, John doesn't tell us this, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that 
Jesus planned his entry into Jerusalem in advance. It was not a last-minute decision, as if he decided to ride a donkey because he was tired or wanted people to see him. Jesus chose to ride a donkey into Jerusalem to echo the passage from the prophet Zechariah. Jesus knew the prophets, not only knew them, but understood himself as the fulfillment of them. In Zechariah chapter 9, shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, lo, your king comes to you. Your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, a king. Riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And that king, the passage continues, tells us will be a king of peace. Will be a king of peace. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off. And wait to hear what this king is going to be like. And he shall command peace to the nations. Wow, they needed that then and we need it now, right? That's our prayer. And thus for Passover that year, there were two very different processions that entered Jerusalem. Pilate and power and Jesus and the power of peace. These two parades proclaim two very different and contrasting visions of how this world can be. The kingdom of God versus the kingdoms, the powers of the world. The one of Jesus is about justice and peace and an end of violence. And the later about domination, intimidation, exploitation. So Jesus, right, if, like knowing that, I was like, oh, I don't know how I missed that. Because Jesus presents the choice here between the two kingdoms. In stark terms, he says, you have to love or hate one or the other. It's those choices. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Jesus, this is some choice. This is some choice. Tell me again. Tell me again, Jesus, what the choice is. Not just for those Greeks and those disciples, but for us, because we want to see you. Not just from afar, not just a player in a game. We want to see you. We want to encounter you and have you examine us. Examine us. Like these Greeks, like these Gentiles who have come into this city. We've seen you before. But we want to draw close this week. We want to draw draw close this week. Jesus says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now those who love their life, the power... The grand entry, they'll lose it. But those who hate their life in this world, who turn away from that, who make a way for peace and love and kindness and justice, they'll keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. That may, 
should, shall, no, must. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. So at the beginning of this week, Jesus says to us, whoever serves me must follow me, that where I am, there will my servant be also. We have suffering to face. We have decisions to make. But in the end, we come to glory with Jesus and the resurrection. So I trust our decisions may be made wisely. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Amen. Amen. We can face all this. We can go through this. We can follow him uh, because we know he loves us. And that it is out of love that we live. So as let's sing together now the chorus, Oh, how he loves you and me.